Welcome to Conversations Across the Lake with Meg and Melissa, a podcast that dives deep below the surface of the self-help world. We are two friends here to create a community of unconditional self-acceptance and love. Join our fun, intuitive conversations as we get curious about the connections with others, and most importantly, the one we have with ourselves. Let's get vulnerable. Let's get vulnerable. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Meg. How's it going? (laughs) We're extra giddy today because we literally have one of our favorite people on the planet, in the universe. I think it's the universe here today. And you've all probably heard her name. The reason we met. The reason we met. The one and only. Leah Grace. Leah Grace. (laughs) Welcome, my darling. Oh, that's a... Welcome to... That's a fun intro. (laughs) Goodness gracious. But it's true. We wouldn't be here without you. No. I know. Isn't that amazing? We would not. Oh. I just love you. So I guess for all of our listeners that don't know the the backstory um, of how this whole thing started, um, I'll share just really quickly. So I met you actually through your husband mm-hmm. first. So I was in coaching school back in, what, six, seven years ago now. And Michael, amazing Michael, was my peer client. And so we had, what, 12 weeks. We would chat every week. And got to know each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was right when I was going to India. And I came back and Michael's like, hey, you know, Leah, which you were also a volunteer. At the coaching at school. At the coaching yep. school. Which, by the way, you two were, like, so adorable. I would be. But you were, like, <laughs> low-key about, like, being together. But it was like, no, they're together. And I, like, want to be them when I grow up. <laughs> a little baby coach, right? And so, yeah, I started uh, working with you and the networking group. Mm-hmm. And that was long time that was a long time yeah yeah and like then showing up every month for all these women yeah supporting oh. holding them yeah it was great and um yeah obviously you have your you can share later about your uh programs and your coaching but that first program that I enrolled in that's when I met you Meg we were yeah we were roomies I remember Leah saying so I'm gonna have you room with this girl Megan She's from Chicago. She's cool. You're gonna like her. I didn't even remember that 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 you oh, that I yes. ran you together. That yeah. was when we well we had met on. I mean, I also accredit you to. We were so on Zoom before anybody was on. We Zoom. were yes, especially for so to put it how I met Leah. It must have been like probably a, a year later. It was right before you were organizing this group that Melissa and I became part of, right? And you were networking in Chicago, mm. which is so weird because. You live in Michigan. Melissa lives in Michigan. We're actually in Michigan right now. Yeah. I don't ever come to Michigan. I do now, but I never did then. So it was just really weird. And we were at this networking event. And yeah, I don't, I just felt like we were supposed to meet. Like yeah. I remember feeling very drawn to you. It was a little bit of a bizarre networking event. <laughs> and it was like, okay, clearly we just both showed up. Yeah. So connected. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, and so I was kind of looking for a coach and I had been working with different kind of business coaches. But for me, like just doing the business stuff and like, you know, that very, I guess, masculine kind of energy of like the checklists and like all of that. Some of it was really good, but I was missing like the whole life piece. And I think like that's what you, I was really drawn Mm -hmm. to you because I felt like you could help me not just with my business, but like with myself, which you did, yeah. you changed my life. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we had this amazing um, 
what was it called back then? Was Authentic our... Business Design, yep. ABD. ABD. ABD, yep. <laughs> which has now been rebranded as part of Vitalist School, Vitalist School, which we'll go into yep. definitely a little bit later. But yeah, so that was, it was us and like a group of seven. Seven? Was it seven women? Yeah. Including you, I I feel like that number seven was, and it was just magical. Like everything that happened in that year, and it happened, and I feel like you were going through your change of. I just quit my job. Yeah, quit my quote unquote real job. So yeah, that was a big, a big shift. I don't know how I would have gotten through that without Mm, that group. With yeah, yeah, and I was going through like a job shift and then eventually the death of my mom which was kind of weird that all happened during that time and even you Leah were going through such a change of your own which Mm -hmm. was kind of I felt like what made it so beautiful was that you were not only our teacher but you were also going through your own yeah there was some intuitiveness in starting that group it wasn't Mm -hmm. I didn't do like the bigger 2015 people group I was like no it's a whim I remember when I when you all came on I was like this is going to be different because I'm going through some stuff and so I'm going to be sharing with you like yeah. you're going to mm-hmm. be witnessing my process and so yeah. it felt very different even from the beginning like yeah. it was really a once in a lifetime sort of journey we all did together yeah and the bonds that came out of that group Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, obviously, here we are how many yeah. years later, but... But even our other friends, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, well, Casey, she can listen to her podcast. She's was She was later, we met her through Leah and Laura, mm-hmm. who eventually Laura will have was one. was in the initial. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, so there's so many people that I just feel like it was meant yeah. to be. And we all went into Vitalist. And then yeah. we went to Vitalist, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the journey. So, mm-hmm. Leah, we're going to we're gonna put the mic on you, so... Again, for our listeners that don't know a little about your story and your background, feel free to, oh, goodness. to share in a nutshell, right? So <laughs> yeah. what do we always say? Three minutes, life story, go. No. <laughs> no. Oh, goodness. It's hard for me at this moment to think about my life story because I feel so present in where I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and just what I'm doing now. Um, hmm. I think that everything in my life has been an evolution to get to where I was, I am now. What I will say about my journey is that it felt at times very feminine, very sort of ADD. I've always felt pulled in so many directions and I think I've had a story of myself of like, oh, why can't I just land on something and have that be the thing and just know and go with it? And so, like, I started my career in somatic, like, body work and working with that. And then I went into the coaching, but I loved the business aspect of that. And so it's like I'm doing this business stuff in the world and I'm doing this and this. My other hand, I'm doing this, like, somatic, spiritual, deep healing work and you know, then I've had so many different interests along the way. And I think over the past five years, as I've fallen into the work that I'm doing now, I realized like I had to go pick up each one of those pieces along the way. And I've had a lot of judgment in myself because it's oftentimes been switching a business or shifting, you know, letting go of everything that was and starting over, or it feels like a direction change. And 
Where I'm at now is in such this reverent place of every tool I had to pick up along the way and this gratitude that my intuition trusted it and did it. And right now I'm using every single one of those seemingly bizarre tools and feel like I'm doing what I was born to do, which is working with, in some ways, my biggest passion is this intersection of these indigenous cultures and this indigenous way of healing and living. Like I believe our answers, our solutions to the world problems, to our health problems is like in going back. We don't actually have to come up with so much new solution, like our ancestors knew, these indigenous ancestors. But more of these indigenous ways of healing is my passion with combining it with what we've learned in this Western trauma-informed world and what we know about trauma and like intersecting those two pieces. So the Vitalist School and our Vitalist Institute is all based on that. And the work I get to do is just show up and combine these beautiful psychology tools that are so new they're so on the forefront of us understanding mental health trauma physical health all of these things and bring in all of this like ancient ways of actually accessing and it is such a passion it's such Mm -hmm. a passion i've needed all of those tools i picked up along the way to be able to do this work Yeah, I love that. What a good reminder. I know I've definitely felt that way and we've connected on that. But for listeners as well who feel that way, like you have all these different interests and passions and like you're flip-flopping and especially as an entrepreneur, you go into business for yourself. I think that can really, that can happen very frequently. Mm -hmm. And I know it's definitely happened for myself. It Mm -hmm. seems like every month it's like I have a new thing that I'm... (laughs) Remember when we were even in the the business program? <laughs> I think you're like Melissa. What is your business this week? Was this the farm in Bali? <laughs> yeah, but it I was, remember it was the like... farm in Bali pretty early. Yeah, on. yeah, going to Bali. So that will that will still happen one day, probably. But yeah. So for those of you listening who feel like you just can't seem to land, that it's just you're kind of all over the place. Maybe you're ADD with your business or your life essentially what you're saying is it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like follow your intuition. All of those tools, all of those passions and interests are going to come together some, someday, somehow. Yeah. It's like the evolution. Mm -hmm. I think that's and like seeing like your journey from where we started with our business school Mm -hmm. to like going through vitalist and Mm -hmm. then now even involving even more. Yeah is like incredible. And even for you, like I'm seeing you like create your brand and your business Mm -hmm. and like all of those evolutions, it might feel like you're flip-flopping, but they're growing on each step that you are. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel the most solid I've ever felt in my life, which is thank God for that because it was, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I needed a little grounding. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, Well, and also speaking of kind of like grounding and evolution, I feel like your journey to live where you're living now. Mm-hmm. Do you yes. want to talk about that mm-hmm. at all? Yeah. Because I just find this very inspiring. So I think many people will. Oh, yeah. It's been quite the journey to get here. And um, I'm landing probably in the past couple of weeks in a spot that we're going to be in for a couple of years and on the land that I've been pining after for years and years. Um so I'm just in that space of 
like believing we're there and like that we've made it. But this vision actually came to me. It was in my first ayahuasca journey um, three and a half years ago. And even in that first night, like it showed me myself and showed me leading ceremony and showed me um, in a totally different life than I was living. And I thought, well, this is really weird medicine. Like, I don't know, like this is bizarre. Um, But it was so strange because within three months I was leading ceremony and I had never really done that before or understood that. And everything has unfolded. And this vision of property where we have these like little healing huts and the word that kept came in to me was like an ashram, even though that's not what I really want, but that there's these healing huts and there's this kind of prayer space and a space for us to gather and that there's the sacred land um, was that vision back then. And so this past year has been finally finding friends of ours that can share the vision with us and that it's actually going to work to collaborate. Like we've been trying this in some different ways. And so this last year for me has been this huge journey in finally purging my things and wanting to live and move into two tiny houses with me and my husband. And then this land, the vision is to have like four healing huts and a ceremony space. And so I'm just coming off of that big transition and it's been something like this last, (laughs) like let's say even six months of going through every single drawer, every single box, not just like, let's pick it up and move it to this other place. Yeah. Going through it with this really reverent question to myself of like, will I need this where I'm going? And where I'm going feels like a calling into the work I'm doing. There's so much from my family, from my own past. It's like, like I, like the sadness of letting it go. Like I have a connection to it, but I don't need it where I'm going. Like that's been this guiding question. And I would say I did it fairly well. And yet I still got a good chunk of stuff out in the barn that it's like, okay, let's go through it all again and ask this question again. And it's so time consuming and it's a huge, huge, huge process. Not only from the time it takes, but from the emotional process and the commitment. It's hard work. It's more hard than Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be to go through everything. Yeah get rid of it in sort of integrous ways and pass the right things to the right people in the family. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it's, so it's more, it's almost more than just like what things bring you joy, but like, mm-hmm. it's like next level, next level. Like mm-hmm. where does it go? Not only does it bring you joy, but what is right. its purpose for the life that you envision? Yeah. Well, and also because I just know you and you've never been, I would never say you were like cluttered, but you love your antiques. You mm-hmm. love like, like art is your life. So mm-hmm. art is everywhere. So yeah. I can only, and I haven't seen the tiny homes yet. I've seen, been to your previous home many times, Yeah, but like, I can only imagine how hard that would be to go through everything yeah. and yeah. everything. Cause I feel like all of your pieces had a story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, you're not somebody that just goes and buys a bunch of stuff from a big box store. Right. 
so much has been passed down because I've lost so many people in my family at a young age. And so I acquired like all of my stuff is my lineage. Yeah. Well, um, I'm reminded as you say that, you know, what do we need for where we're going? And it reminded me of the conversation we had with the girls with Noel and Jenna, and they talked about foofing, right? And falling out of frequency. Mm, Have you heard this term? No. Okay. Yeah, we didn't either. It takes 20 year olds to (laughs) share this with us, but to foof fall out of frequency. I love it. And so in that conversation, we really talked about it in the context of relationships and with people and how friendships and relationships Mm. can shift. But the same thing can be true with anything in our lives, with our things, with our homes, with even where we live. You know, we were just having that conversation. So, yeah, yeah. That, that vision. Yeah, it's been an amazing process. Like I mentioned that that ayahuasca journey and and like many do in a ceremony like that, like I, I died. And, and I really had an experience of not just myself dying, but every lifetime that I had ever lived died and the universe died and like there was like such this beautiful beautiful like orgasmic moment of death and it really has been this three-year process of like foofing my life right like (laughs) like everything of my frequency completely changed and it's been so much grief to let go of what Leah has been up until now so much gratitude and like appreciating it more than I did in the present, you know, just my precious childhood and like all the things. And also a figuring out of what this new frequency is and where am I going? Where am I going? Mm-hmm. Well, I can say I could speak on behalf of both of us that you know, just seeing you in your evolution, the fact that we're still here with you, that we, that you can poof us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not we, poofed. We're, we're not poofed. poofed. <laughs> we're not poofed. <laughs> right <laughs> now. Right. Things could change. You're I'm not getting poofed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it is true. And I think, um, I think I'm just, I know this even from being in a relationship for a long time, but you, you, I am a different person than I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And like, that is, the beauty of like being human but then also the challenging thing because what happens when the relationship you're in whether it's a friend a partner mm-hmm. husband wife like then you start to foof mm-hmm. and then what does that look like mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. it's yeah it's, yeah and how much can we trust mm-hmm. what's flowing and and really trust it and really have gratitude for what has been and like bless these items, bless these relationships and just give them so much credit for how they've gotten us here and how they've served us. Yeah. And just very much trust where the magic is flowing and bringing us in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much more is what my husband and me always say. Like there's so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much more coming. Yeah, but I love how you said that, like really being grateful for the chapters you've been through, through the life experience. I say that all the time with my my past life, my, my job that I, I quit. You know, I was there for 10 and a half years, you know, yeah. office, government, you know, the typical, like the nine to five. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, that was just like the most soul sucking environment. Mm-hmm. But I look back on that time and I truly am so grateful. Like it afforded my husband and I to live, you know, a great life. And we got to buy our first home and 
you know, I had stability and like all the things. It's like really being grateful mm -hmm. for. It's like even like we, we've said this before, but it's like even the hard things that like I think coming from a place of you just have regret on that. Like there's always regret. But what did you learn and what was the purpose mm -hmm. of that journey? Mm -hmm. And even if it was painful, usually there's some kind of lesson there's yeah. beauty in everything and even if it was blissfully amazing yeah we can still let it go yeah that's that a good and i think some of that's even harder because you want to go back difficult. to that yeah like it's always going back or you're to trying it. to hang on to it because maybe you don't trust that something else just as great or greater yeah i think i've lived possible. a lot of my life with that anxiety you know trying to grasp things trying to grasp all everything right like there's just like I've had so much anxiety that I had to control my life I had to control how people were feeling or seeing just like this control uh, that comes out of that anxiety and as I've gotten to just more so trust that oh you know there's always another relationship there's always another person that like comes along and sort of fills this this space and this need, or there's always more money or more opportunities or more items. You know, like we are in such an abundant mm -hmm. space in this country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we have to believe that, and we have to be open to receive. Right, we have to be open to those good things coming to us. We just have to let it flow. Let it yeah. flow. Yeah. Especially when the messages out there in the world are scarcity and mm -hmm. fear lack. and lack. Fear, yeah. And like mm -hmm. that's the primary headlines if you're not connected to yourself or, or have, you know, some sort of relationship that's yeah. healthy. Like there's so much fear. Yeah. Yeah. In our society. And so that's yeah. the resistance. So really it's like just letting go of the resistance. The things are already there. It's like in my mind, I picture like this dam, and I know I had this dam up for a really long time. It was like I was really good at like calling things in, and like you know we talk about the term manifesting a lot on this show. But it was like right before it would get to me, it would like all of a sudden it just like it would just stop. And like realizing like this dam, like I have created this, I have kept all of these great things from really like coming into my grasp in this mm -hmm. 3D reality. And so now it's just interesting. Well, and as we hold on to too much, we also have, just have a dam. Mm -hmm. There right? we go. And so it's really just around flow. Can I just be grateful for what's here now? And yes. tomorrow, like see what comes. Yeah. But let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think Vitalist, which is now um, what, what we, the kind of what you created for our for our program and then merge together with Micah mm -hmm. um, is now your also your school and your baby. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that also is such a good resource of tools for exactly what we're talking about. So do you mm -hmm. want to explain more about Vitalist? Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's kind of like what I was saying is, is my passion is this intersection between this indigenous way, these indigenous ways of as we like to say, of being human and remembering how to be human and moving our bodies and being present with our body and that there's so much that in our society, because we don't have these practices, because we don't have these rituals and just way of living, gets stored up in our body. We have lost touch with what keeps us healthy. We have lost touch with what keeps us connected to ourself, to God, to each other. 
and our society is really sick. And so Vitalist School is really built for practitioners, people who are already therapists or um, coaches, um, all the all different types of practitioners, and to help them understand how to bring more of those somatic body practices in and combine that with a deep understanding of how to work with trauma. What's so exciting is that Micah and I have really each been practitioners for around 20 years each, and we've been able to take the practices that we have found are the most effective, that get to the core, that help create real transformation in people. And we've combined them all. Mm -hmm. And so the Vitalist School is really this, in some ways, I guess, methodology or combination or integration of quite a few different tools that we have found to be the most effective. And then we've wove them together in a way of how to work with people. And so it's pretty unique work, I would it's say. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is just beautiful. Um, I don't even know another word to say. I mean, it's just, it was one of the greatest experiences truly of my life, not only professionally, but personally, especially yeah. going through that program. What, nine months? Yeah. But now, is it still nine months or is it? Yeah, sometimes we're doing some. Yeah, it's basically nine months. Nine months. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we work so much of with that non-ordinary state work, um, which we don't have in our society. We don't have those spaces where we can enter into. And the non-ordinary state work is what Stan Groff termed, where we go into kind of an altered state through breath work, through dancing, through movement, and we can access such deeper parts of ourselves, mm. whether it's some wounds that we haven't been able to see or whether it's calling back pieces of ourselves that we've lost touch with, this authenticity, this, mm. yeah. this connection to our true self. Mm. Yeah, which is what our whole show is about, yeah, right? Yeah, Connecting right. to the self. Yeah, and I really don't, I mean, Vitalist and then obviously the work before really did like help me heal that connection, truly. Mm -hmm. Like I just, mm -hmm. I don't know where I would be without it. I definitely, mm -hmm. I don't even know if I would be here to be mm -hmm. truthful. Mm -hmm. So. Aww. Aww. Um, okay, you. hold on. Hold on, Jess. <laughs> Time out. Emotional pause. <laughs> No, but truly, like, I really, I don't know what my life would be. But I do think for me, like, part that really works so well for me, and I still integrate that is, like, the connection to trauma healing, and then also, like, the somatic connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even, I was just sharing with Leah pre-recording, but, like, for a lot of us, we're so disconnected from our body, and, like, how much information our body stores and carries mm -hmm. that... Like, that's really what changed my life. Yeah, one of the ways I've been explaining some of this, some of our philosophy lately is, like, that, as you remember, this concept of our state is everything. Because the way we're showing up in the world is everything. It's it's how we experience ourself in the present. It's how we experience our life. And so that's the testament of how we're doing. How am I experiencing myself, my life in this present moment? 
and that we really have like two states of being to simplify it. And it's this vital state where we are so present and we can fully allow the flow we were talking about or like the joy in this experience or we're in the survival state. And our obsession, Micah and my obsession is like what keeps us stuck in that survival state. And I believe that so much of it is the developmental trauma, which is mostly accessible through the somatic work. So you're speaking about like, that's what's been so powerful for you and shifted you and like set you free. And that's often the piece because it's developmental that has programmed us so young and so deeply that we just can't even see like the cages that have been built around us. We can't see the constrictions and the things that are keeping us not okay. It's so out of our ability to understand it. And so it's that somatic work that gets into those non-ordinary states the only thing that can go and work with that and it's such a non-linear process Mm -hmm. it's so cool how brilliant and beautiful these allies we have are like the plants the breath the movement Mm -hmm. and how it can just heal that developmental trauma and as it heals it sets us free It, it allows us to connect back it allows you to find yourself again and yeah. Create your most authentic, beautiful <laughs> life that you're both yeah. building. Yeah. And for me to look back to Vitalist, um, for me, it was just such a beautiful container to just show up and be seen. Mm-hmm. And I know that's something I've always struggled with, and you two obviously know me very well, that I've, um, yeah, I just, I really struggled with letting myself be seen and just showing up as, as me, like I, you know, we all wear masks, like all, you know, most of us, most people in society would just wear so many mm. masks. And then of course pandemic hits and then we're wearing literal masks. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, when I finally took off all the masks mm-hmm. and I think Vitalist was the really like that final piece that mm. just solidified that for me, it was like, I could honestly look at myself in the mirror no makeup, no hair dye, no anything, and just be like, oh my God, like you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me cry just thinking about that because I spent 35 years just hating who I was, mm-hmm. hating what I looked like, hating how everything. And so to be able to just tear all of that down and at the very core of who I am, just be able to know myself mm-hmm. and just say, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so thank you, Leah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, you know, we're on our own missions to um, to continue that work in our own ways and through things like the retreat we have coming up. You know, we're all doing yeah. this work. We all have a very, very vital role in it. And so, yeah, that's what we're here to inspire. Yeah. And you inspire more than truly almost anyone we know. So <laughs> we love you. It takes so much courage. So much courage to fall in love with ourselves, to bring our authentic selves forward, to show up and do this work. Yeah. 
to start to spread it, to trust yourselves that you can spread it. It's just so needed. But we it's, can't see what we can't no. see. Like mm-hmm. we can't see our own cages. And once exactly. we can feel them, we can sense them, you know, and I think that's what pulls a lot of people towards this type of work is like something feels out of alignment. Mm-hmm. Something feels like I know there's something calling me to something deeper or why can't I be satisfied no matter what I'm doing? Yeah. Right? But we can't see our own cages. Yeah. And it's a process of actually unleashing ourselves and freeing ourselves from all of it. And yeah. I think like what I've come is like building it for yourself. Like I feel like I built my whole life around the projection of what it was supposed mm-hmm. to be. And then once it was there, we talked about this in our first episode, once it's there, you're like, I, it's all on paper. I've got the job, yeah. the house, all the social the, conditions. Everything's everything's there. Why am I so unhappy? Yeah. And that was the big. Yeah, because our society doesn't really give any allowance. That there could be another way. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. all the social conditioning that's got everybody trapped. Especially in the area that we live, it's mm-hmm. quite the conservative. I mean, it's like if you're not on this track, then yeah, it's it was very difficult. So mm-hmm. for me, in my early thirties quitting a job and getting divorced. And it was so interesting. My ex-husband, he's actually on one of our episodes as well. The money episode <laughs> with Mark. I love him so much. It's a great episode too. But I remember a couple years back, we were having a conversation. And I guess how I viewed the conversation was that he shared with me sort of the perspective that other people had about me mm. regarding... Um, the changes I, I was making in my life. And essentially, and it hit me really hard that um, I was just having like a midlife crisis or a quarter life crisis. And I was just throwing my job out the window, my marriage out the window. I was going to India. That's what people were saying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And that was the, on the outside, people just saw me like basically I was falling apart. Like that was my interpretation. Versus awakening. And yeah. I was like, Wow. And I remember that night after our conversation, I was just like, what the hell? Like, is that really? And I'm glad I didn't know this at the time. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what everyone was thinking about me. And maybe I, mean, I know people still do in my life, but I'm just like, well, all that did have to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about often the phoenix, like rising from the ashes. Like, we've all been there, like in the ashes, where it's like, it's such a good point. And it's kind of that quote around like not all who wander are lost yeah and we all have to wander for a while through this we all have to flounder for a while when we decide to leave the social conditioning and move towards authenticity it is a process that we need to allow space for Mm -hmm. but of course our society doesn't Mm There's rejection and, yeah. and a lot of, I do think a lot of that rejection is jealousy or envy for like the dissatisfaction yes. that I once felt that I'm sure, you know, if you're not, you haven't done any work to change what you're saying to yourself or how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's still a yearning in there. Yeah. That shame. Yeah. Shame on you. Or right. Even... Shame is a really convenient Powerful. way to keep us mm-hmm. in our cages. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, I was just going to say, even the people that are living, like, really amazing lives. I mean, truly, I mean, yeah, on paper they could have all the things, but really they have a beautiful life in front of them, but they're not able to see it. Like, their glasses are cloudy. You know, some of it is just, like, we need to clear clear the smudge off our glasses and just see what's in front of us, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So sometimes there, even, there aren't even like so many changes to be made. It's just recognizing the beauty that is that's right in front of you okay. every single day. And just like you said, in yourself. In yourself, first because and foremost. That's the, and I think for anybody out there that is listening to this and doesn't think they can love themselves, mm-hmm. I definitely said that before. And mm-hmm. I clearly remember the moment, like, it was actually that first retreat when we were roommates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and actually you and Michael were leading us a ceremony yeah. or a little thing. And that yeah. was the moment where I was like, man, I really don't love myself right now. And mm-hmm. how do I fix that? But by recognizing it, there was healing that went. So yeah. it's like, even though that was such a sad, kind of like heartbreaking heartbreaking moment An opening it was it opening yeah. yeah so the acceptance first is what can lead to a shift or a change if you choose that yeah so leah on that note <laughs> um i just want to ask so maybe people who are listening you know maybe they feel that way maybe they have this recognition now of maybe i really truly don't authentically love myself or love the life that i'm currently leading what is maybe one thing that you could say, like, what would be your one piece of advice, something that they could do today, something right now in this moment? Make a commitment to the relationship that you have with yourself. Like, everything comes down to that. And so often, we don't take even a moment in the day to just connect with our own self and say, oh, how am I today? Sometimes we go weeks or months or years without even that connection. And we can't possibly find our way to our own authentic path without having a deep connection with ourselves. And so to think of this relationship like you would as the most precious relationship in your life, how do you nurture it? What is your commitment to it? And if you currently are experiencing a life where you have zero commitment to build that relationship with yourself, to connect with yourself, then chances are your life is going to be reflecting that. So that would be my piece of advice that can happen right now in this moment. Commit. Commit to yourself. Yeah. I love you. I love you both. So, Leah, what is your current, because I know you're going through some transition, what is yeah. your current um, sort of morning routine or mm, daily, daily routine? routine? Like, what are your, yeah, yeah daily routine? Yeah, that's, it's been a little uprooted with the just moving the last two weeks. But this last week, I felt um, being able to sink back into it again. So, one thing that I love to do is when I first get up, go outside. Mm-hmm. Right now I can just step outside of my bedroom and I'm in the woods. And I love to work with morning pages from mm-hmm. Julia Cameron. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is something because I have a hard time waking up in the morning. So I'm really foggy and that kind of helps pull me back in. It helps pull me awake. Um, I make a cup of dandy blend with a little bit of cream because I can't do too much caffeine. <laughs> like it's just too much for me. And sometimes I will sit in my meditation. That's just been a little off since, since the move, but typically I have a really strong meditation practice. And right now, and actually since COVID, my practice has been much more fluid to where it happens a lot through the day. And for me, at this 
current space, journaling is a really big piece that helps me just connect back with myself. So I bring it to work with me as I'm seeing clients. I often will try to just touch base with my journal between a client. Um, I love to kind of do some artsy things in there, like collect. Someone sends me a little thank you note, like I paste it in there, glue it in there with a little bit of art deco and, and put it in. And then in the evenings, my routine is packing up work. That's a really big thing mm -hmm. for being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. is setting everything up for the next day, like that it's done. Um, I kind of get ready for bed and like turn my bed over, like turn the light on by my bed. So like my space is kind of calling me because I'm an owl and I don't like to go to bed. So I have to make it very <laughs> intriguing. <laughs> I have like... Okay, like if I explained what my bed situation is, it's a whole podcast. <laughs> unbelievable, the most luscious bed in the whole entire world. Um, and then in the evening, my current commitment is to play music every night. Oh. And to just, you know, be teaching myself a lot of new music and playing and playing with my husband, Michael, because he's... Mm -hmm reconnecting to that part of himself as well. What is your instrument of choice currently? Well, I just bought a dulcimer guitar and um, we're looking for a handpan and um, yeah, just, just starting to play a little bit more. I got a flute and Sometimes if I have my bowls and gong, mm -hmm. you know, I love to play with those, but they're a little big. So we've got our three spaces and I don't always have them with me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, so beautiful. I love that. I love that it's throughout the day too. Cause I think that's, at least for me, I used to be really hard on myself if I forget, like my, I couldn't get to my morning routine, but now I'm just like, it's okay. Just come back and do something, you know, midday or wherever you are. Yeah. And like even just having those check-ins, I think helps. Yeah. I think I just have to commit to the intention of wanting to do that on this day. But for me, I am not very awake in the morning. And so it's, it's a little harder to have my morning practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes Michael and I get on a theme of doing breath work in the morning. Oh yeah. And we do um, Tabata yoga, which is, mm -hmm. um, like that high intensity yoga. Oh, okay. And, oh my God, we love that. That sounds. Yeah. We just haven't like he promised we're starting next week. <laughs> next week my routine will change. Well, hopefully, when you guys listen to this, Michael, you guys better be on your. Own. Exactly, Michael. <laughs> What's great about that is what he does is I have told him I'm like you have to be in charge of this. Like there's no freaking way I'm getting us up. <laughs> You're leading the charge, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my strength in the morning. Oh, I love that. Another question that we ask all of our guests, Leah, is what book are you currently reading? All right. So I have quite a few I'm reading right now, but the one that's really been this summer speaking to me is called The Holy Wild. And it's, an, it's a heathen's Bible for the untamed woman, which mm -hmm. is sort of on theme, theme of what we've been yeah. speaking to. Yeah, it's a, it's. The part that's speaking to me is really this part that's calling us back to the earth. It's calling us back to live in harmony with our wild self, not these 
tamed parts of ourselves. And this summer, I've been so much around studying like the history of patriarchy. And this too, it's about sort of rewriting these tales that have been told about women being bad. So her whole first section is about sort of rewriting the story of Adam and Eve is instead of Eve being banned from the garden, like Eve being fed up with the illusion, right? And saying like, I am done. And so this whole first segment is around like us earthing ourselves and letting go of this illusion that uh, of the patriarchal society and that all of history, this kind of me bridging into some of the history of patriarchy too, we don't tell the stories of women. Mm-hmm. So as women, it's like those stories have been withheld from us. So we don't have this like, oh, this is normal. It's normal to feel this way. This is normal parts of cycle. This mm-hmm. is how women used to live in the more indigenous days. And so this has been really robbed from us. And we've gotten our history only from the perspective of men. Mm-hmm. There's this entire lost history from the perspective of women and how different this could be. And so in some ways, she's really like working with these four elements and these rituals of connecting back with the earth and and all of the elements. But in it, I'm really appreciating her rewriting the stories of all of these ways we've heard of the woman being the bad one. Yeah. The shame. Yeah. Shame. Oh, I love that. It kind of reminds me of women who run with I was wolves. Literally, yeah, I was like, it's like kind of a mo- more yeah. modern. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely yeah, um, link to that. both of those, both of those books. Yeah. Thank you, Leah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this has just been. My heart is so. Ugh, I know. So I could go on forever. Right we'll I know. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be another podcast. Plenty more eventually. <laughs> because we'd also love to have Michael. Yes, yes. we've talked about we that love too. To because have. He's such a healing person on his own mm-hmm. or with you whenever mm-hmm. you do something together or separate but yeah you two are a force that's for sure yeah but we have fun maybe we'll record from the tiny home yeah there we yeah. go we'll set yeah. that intention <laughs> i like it let's manifest Good. Uh, well leah thank you so much for being thank on the you. show this we'll, is so fun. we'll connect um yeah vitalist will connect to you and you both are so book. One thing I appreciate about both of you is your ability to just bring light and just bring goodness. And Mm -hmm. it's so fitting that you're doing a podcast and a podcast together and (laughs) starting to offer your retreats and all all that you're bringing. I'm just so delighted to Mm -hmm. witness and be a part. Thank you. Thank Thank you for inspiring us. And coincidentally, this was um, this idea started in your house. Yes, fun. our and podcast was birthed in, in your, your oh, that's last home. so cool. Mm-hmm. That's so cool to know. So. Yep, on your air mattress. On my air mattress your... in your office. Yes. yes. I love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With my little plant. October of 2020. Mm-hmm. And that's when wow. CATL yeah. was conceived. <laughs> wow, I love it. So. so yes, we love you, Leah. Thank you. Love you. I love you too. Say I believe it's the root chakra bowl. It is.